to me, okay, to me. Ultimately, martial art means honestly expressing yourself. Now, it is very difficult to do. I mean, it, it is easy for me to put on a show and be cocky yeah. and be flooded with a cocky feeling and then yeah. feel like pretty cool and all that. Or I can make all kinds of phony things, you see what I mean? Blinded by it. Or I can show you some really fancy movement. But to express oneself honestly, not lying to oneself, and to express myself honestly, not that, my friend, is very hard to do and you have to train you have to keep your reflexes so that when you want it it's there the expression of the human body I mean the f everything I mean you know not just the hand and when you're talking about combat well I mean if, if, it, if it is a sport now now you're talking about something else you have regulations yeah. you have rules but when you're talking about fighting as it is no rules. with no rules no, no fighting. well then baby you better train every part of your body I'm not surprised, mother... I'm not impressed by your performance. What's up? Where you at, George? I like big dumb McCartney pulling me about, folks. That's how I like to roll. You feel me? Nobody gonna take this bed. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm proud for fighting with you. For you. Don't bring the dog out of me. I'm the man of the hour, Joe. Too sweet to be sour. What you see is what you get, and what you don't is better yet. I fight for the fans. I wanted to keep fighting as long as it took, and I wanted to win this title. Thank you, everybody, for coming out. I did I don't have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet. <laughs> Running water never grows stale, so you gotta just keep on flowing. You gotta just keep on flowing, Penn Nation. Welcome back to yet another edition of BJPenn.com Radio. As always, guys, I'm your host, Jay Kinch. And we have another great show lined up for you guys this evening. BJPenn.com Radio is live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. And as we do each and every week, guys, we continue to bring you the best possible guests and some awesome interviews to go along with it. Have a couple of uh, repeat guests, good friends of the show on tonight. Great guys, great conversations with both of them. But before we get into any of that, Your home for MMA news, like I tell you guys every week, is BJPenn.com. Bookmark BJPenn.com forward slash MMA news. Stay up to date on all the latest and greatest in the sport that you love of MMA. Every hot topic, all the breaking news, tons of news breaking tonight. Viral videos, exclusive content, exclusive interviews, everything you crave from the sport you love, all in one place. We've got technique videos coming out regularly. Seems to be every week from some of the best athletes in the game. Lots of cool content. All the breaking news, as I said. BJPenn.com. We're the largest independently owned and operated MMA news site out there today, guys. We greatly appreciate all your support. And stay tuned. Because like I said, 
If it's news, we've got you covered. Now, you know what I forgot to say that I say every week? BJPenn.com radio, we're the fighter's voice, guys. Hashtag the fighter's voice. And we're also the voice of you guys, the fans. On the show, we're going to give you guys these athletes unguarded, unfiltered, let them speak their minds. And we're going to cover all the topics that we possibly can. So as I said, we have two great guests for the evening. Coming up first at about 8.15, former K1 Max champ, former UFC welterweight, owner of the fastest knockout in UFC history, for that matter, and a world-renowned coach at this point. I call him Master Splinter. He truly is a Master Splinter, modern-day Master Splinter. Of course, I'm talking about Dwayne Bang Ludwig. He's actually called in to us uh, from Holland, and uh, he's over there evolving his martial arts game, always evolving that guy, obsessed with the sport, and uh, it translates very well into his coaching. So we're going to catch up with Dwayne, talk about what's going on with him in Holland, and uh, continuing to build his brand of Bang Muay Thai. We'll get the latest on TJ Dillashaw and his preparation for UFC 217 as he gets ready to face former teammate and what's become a big rival in uh, Cody Garbrandt. We've talked about that extensively with Dwayne before, but just another, another update on how things are going with TJ. We're also going to get Ludwig's expert opinion on some of the biggest fights that recently went down. Um, a couple of big fights that recently went down in in the not not too distant past, and of course we're going to break down UFC 217. It's a stacked card, great fights on it. We'll get his thoughts on all that and much more. We're also going to talk a little bit about Ronda Rousey if she was to return against Cyborg, as uh, Edmund Traverdian had had alluded to last week. You know, what what does Dwayne think that she needs to do to be successful? And would he take her on as a student? Always informative, always entertaining. Dwayne Bang Ludwig, uh, we talk about all that and much more. Even get into uh, scoring, judging, things of that nature. Dwayne's a great guy. You guys have heard him on the show many times. And uh, another good conversation with the man they call Bang. Closing out tonight's show. Should be around 8.40, maybe a little after that. We'll be talking to the Texecutioner, James Vick. It was announced this week, as a matter of fact, that James would be taking on Joe Duffy, also at UFC 217. This is the Madison Square Garden card. We're going to break down that matchup, talk a little bit about how the fight got made. We'll discuss the Awesome opportunity for James to to go in and compete in Madison Square Garden. We'll talk about the ranking system, which he is not very happy with, and uh, the fact that apparently all of the top 15, a lot of guys in the top 15, rather, 
have continuously turned down fights with James, and uh, we'll get into all that and much more. And you'll hear why he thinks he's already able and willing to compete against the top guys in the world and why he thinks he'll be the champ by the end of 2018. So as I said, a couple of great conversations, good interviews. I know you guys will like them. Kicking things off with Dwayne Ludwig, followed by James Vick. BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. Let's get into some news, guys. Everything you hear me discuss here can be found at BJPenn.com forward slash MMA news. You should probably go there because I'm going to do a crappy job of explaining it all. Ton of news to get into. I'm not going to touch everything. Uh, but we'll recap the two events from over the weekend, and we'll talk a little bit about the uh, the biggest stuff um, from this week, or the past few days, rather. I guess first, let's start off with uh, Bellator 183. Put on a great card. It was on a Saturday. Didn't have to rival the UFC for an event. It was very good for them. Aaron Pico gets the devastating knockout in the first round. Gets past that bad taste of his Bellator debut loss in a very impressive fashion. Beautiful, beautiful. I believe it was a left hook. Man, Starch's opponent looked great. Hopefully he lives up to all the hype that we that everybody was giving him going into his uh, Bellator debut. Roy Nelson also makes his Bellator debut. Pico didn't. You, you guys know what I'm getting. Okay, anyway. Nelson makes his uh, Bellator debut, gets the decision win. Really funky scorecard going on there. I think there was a draw. I think there was uh, a 30-26. Not really sure what the hell was going on there. But anyway, Nelson was victorious. Let's see what the future has in store for him in Bellator's heavyweight division. Patricky Pitbull and Benson Henderson, they fight to a split decision. Uh, Pitbull gets the nod been a tough road for Benson that's for sure interested to see how he proceeds from here and uh you know hats off to Patricky he's been a been a great champ for them and I'd imagine uh will continue to be until he meets a guy that can beat him but the one that stole the show without a doubt was Paul Daly landed the left hook of death against Lorenz Larkin in the second round And continues to show why he's so dangerous, man. If you're going to fight him, you should probably take him down. He's been able to show time and time again that you can't rival his power. And his stand-up skills are phenomenal. I honestly have to think back to Nick Diaz. For a guy that, that got the win against him on the feet. But nonetheless, great performance for Paul Daly. Another tough loss for Lorenz Larkin. Again, much like with Benson Henderson, not sure what the next step is for him, but I'd imagine you'll see both these guys continuing to compete in Bellator and uh, continuing to get back to shot at the title. UFC Japan, pretty awesome card. The undercard, man. Had some great fights. Uh, the main card delivered as well. Uh, Daichi, Abe, Daichi Abe, I believe is how you say his name. Really impressed me with his heart, and I thought all of the Japanese fighters um, really gave it their all in there, put on some great fights on the undercard. Gokan Saki gets the KO win at the end of the first round. 
did gas a little bit a little bit before that, but uh you guys can uh read all of his comments uh since the fight at bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. You all heard me hyping up this debut and I think he certainly delivered on Saturday. Awesome addition to the roster. Can't wait to see what is next for Gokan Saki. Um, the man is a savage. And aside from gassing out a little bit there, I mean, what can you say? It was your UFC debut. He was in Japan. Probably had a lot of adrenaline going into that. Might have dumped early on. And either way, in Turk- Turkish Tyson style, the rebel style, I swear there's always a motorcycle driving by when I have this podcast. But anyway, in uh, typical Turkish Tyson style, landed a left hook to get the win. Awesome stuff from Gokan Saki. Jessica Andrade really beat the brakes off of Claudia Gedalia. Uh, Claudia was a bloody mess, and she toughed it out to the final bell. Hats off to her. Kudos to her. I mean, what a tough chick. But Andrade looked like a bull in there, man. Uh, she was able to throw Claudia around with ease. Very impressive performance for Jessica. And, of course, in the main event, we saw OSP fight a late replacement, Yushin Okami. Truly wish Shogun wasn't forced off this card, but, you know, big props to Okami for stepping up. OSP lands yet another Von Flu choke to get the win. Puts Okami to sleep, gets the technical decision, uh, technical submission, rather, and marches back towards his top is his uh, place as a number one contender. As I said, great weekend of fights. I was pretty happy with all the action. Although I had to watch uh, UFC Japan the next day. So I went to bed early like a bum. <laughs> anyway, uh, early working man life, my friends. And other news. McGregor's uh, coach, John Kavanaugh. He's calling for the Nate Diaz trilogy fight on St. Patrick's Day. Says Canelo is still a possibility. You guys had heard rumors uh, start that the trilogy with Diaz was in the works for December. Dana White killed that pretty quickly thereafter. Also, Connor's pay-per-view Q&A event in London has been canceled, but the one in Glasgow, Scotland is still go. Um, Not sure what happened there, but um, makes you wonder why he would have canceled London. Anyway... Uncertain future for Connor, but as we've said here several times, all the chips are in his hand now. And uh, when it comes to negotiating, I think everything's in his favor at this point. So he'll get what he wants. Um, but would love to see him fight Diaz. However, for the integrity of the sport and the division, he also needs to defend that title against the number one contender. So uh not sure how it's going to play out, but you stay tuned to bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. We will have you covered on all of that and everything else, my friends. Paige Van Zant, she was forced to withdraw from UFC 216 uh, with her fight against Jessica I. And she gave a laundry list of reasons that she won't be competing. Herniated disc, sinus infection, ringworm. That's just to name a few of them. She had a couple more reasons out there. Check out the full list on the site now. Um, Sucks for Jessica I. I know she was looking forward to that fight. Big opportunity for her and also for uh, Paige Van Zandt. So hopefully that fight can get rescheduled. We'll see how that all plays out. 
Uh, Matt Brown, still planning to retire when he fights Diego Sanchez, but he's going to stay in the USADA testing pool, which is interesting. So I know that the policy now is that guys stay in after just to make sure they were competing clean at the end of their career. And also for the sake, if they decided to come back or maybe if uh, Matt Brown is given an opportunity for a big fight on short notice, maybe he'll stay in shape and take it hard to say, but you'll hear uh, me and Dwayne talk a little bit about uh, the retirement of, of Matt Brown. And um, yes, sad to see him go, but got to thank him for all the amazing fights that he's put on and, how amazing I can only imagine this fight with Diego Sanchez is going to be. Uh, Bisping predicting a first round KO against GSP. Again, that fight's going down to UFC 217. Very stacked card, and they've made some more additions to it. Uh, breaking news as of today Francis Ngannou and uh, Alistair Overeem, their official for UFC 218. Dominic Cruz is set to return against Jimmy Rivera at UFC 219. Uh, we have Louis Smoka just got a fight, and there was a couple other ones that are literally all just breaking now um, in the thread with all the guys from the team. Yeah, Louis Smoka will be taking on uh, Nikolai, Nikolai Mathias. Matha- I think that's how you say it. Anyway, uh, also uh, Cynthia Cavillo and Carla Esparza. That'll be set for UFC 219 as well on December 30th. Lots of breaking news, lots of stuff I didn't cover. You can find all that and much more, guys, at bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. For everything you love from the sport you crave, we have got you covered. Make sure you guys go there, bookmark us, follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Google+, etc. Stay up to date on the sport that you guys love, that we all love, and uh, continue to support the largest independently owned MMA news site out there today. We're very proud of it. And it's uh, hard work, so big shout-out to all the guys that uh, put in that hard work each and every day. And make sure you guys remain patrons. We appreciate it, and we try to bring you the best possible content we can each and every day, much like this radio show. So yet again, I have blabbed enough for one week. Let's get right into things. Kicking things off tonight, we're joined by our good friend, Dwayne Bang Ludwig, and yet another great conversation as I mentioned, he's calling us from Holland, um, recorded with him earlier today, and I know you guys will enjoy this interview. So, I'm your host, Kinch. This is BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. Coming up next, guys, Dwayne Bang Ludwig. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show one of our good friends, the modern-day master splinter. Of course, I'm talking about Dwayne Bang Ludwig. Thanks for joining us today, Dwayne, as always. Uh, I understand you're in Holland right now. I'm, I'm guessing you're doing some seminars. Uh, no, I am out here on a vacation with my wife and then to visit uh, Hemmer's Gym, Majero Gym, and uh, this, is, this is my vacation to study martial arts. This is what I do. So right now I am in Breda, Holland. At uh, again the famous Hammers Gym from Core Hammers, he was the trainer of the late great Ramon Deckers, and right now the gym is being ran by his son Nick Hammers, who is literally the second generation of Dutch kickboxing. So it's awesome just to be here and be a part of the culture and the history and lineage, and it's just an amazing time here. Yeah, absolutely. Anybody who follows kickboxing should know uh, both the Hammers and Deckers names. 
uh, obviously, uh, you know, very much so with, with Ramon. Uh, but how's the family liking it? I'd imagine this is their first trip to Holland for the boys and your wife? Uh, it's the first trip for my wife, but uh, the kids, we left them at home. They have oh. school and international travel and stuff isn't always the best idea, but, uh, well, it's, it's fine. Very good. So who's running uh, BMT headquarters in your absence, man? I have Coach Paul, Coach Brown, Coach Banks, and then uh, Coach Coots as well. So we have an excellent coaching staff. And then with already having an actual system laid out, the week's curriculum basically runs itself. So they do all the same drills and combinations that all the other affiliates are doing because, again, have all mapped out from the warm-up to the uh, to the drills, to the sparring drills, to the cool-down. So it uh, we, we run, again, off a of curriculum, off a of menu of what we teach and train each week. But uh, we always have, again, a layout, but we very often – for the things as well. There's freedom to the instructors, but short answer, Coach Paul. Sorry. I always ramble, right? And I'm, we have a bunch of people here at the gym, so I'm trying to get a quiet space, but uh, can, is it okay on the audio for you guys? Yeah, no, actually, believe it or not, man, uh, for, some time, for some reason, FaceTime audio sounds way cleaner than just a regular call, so you sound great, man. Um, I'm, I'm hyped up. I'll try to talk slow, but I just came off the, off the mats uh, training with them. Their classes are an hour and a half long. We just finished an hour. Just still continuing to drill, but uh, obviously going to do the interview. Well, tell tell us a little bit about that, man. I know we hear uh, constantly that that guys that train kickboxing in Holland, it's a much different style in regards to sparring and how hard they go. I mean, are, is this uh, is this something you're seeing in the gym right now as you're as you're training with these guys? Yes, sir. Uh, of course, 100. percent They are there is no BS in Holland when it comes to kickboxing. And again, this is the gym that Ramon Decker is trained out of. So. Uh, it's just, it's amazing to be a part of the, the history and the lineage and to see the way they approach it. They, they approach it with 100% intensity. It's like having a mat or a gym full of, uh, TJ Dillashaw's just out there just killing the combinations and just, again, there's no BS here. It's 100% real kickboxing for a competitor, right? There's, it's not really a self-defense scenario. I mean, it, it's excellent self-defense, but all these guys, they, they train to fight. Yeah, yeah, and that's something we've heard from uh, you know since they boss Rudin all the time. Throw heavy, throw with bad intention. That that's the name of the game. That, that that's how you're gonna. Sounds about right. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, you know? but they're still technically sound. But yeah, they're, they're definitely killers. And what you said, throwing with bad intention, is 100% correct. Yeah. And it's just it's cool to see their level of focus and their dedication. So no matter just how hard they're going and how intense it is, it's just their approach to, again, no BS, and they're here to get better and push themselves and push their partners and to grow with one another. And they, they still stay true to the martial arts culture and lineage, which is, uh, which is rewarding to see. Well, and this also lends itself to, to how dedicated you are as a coach. I mean, for a family vacation, you decided to go study martial arts. I mean, that is the epitome of, uh, of everything that you're all about, man, so a ton of props there. But how are things going with TJ? You guys must be getting pretty excited to reclaim that title at UFC 217. Yes, sir, definitely excited. It's good to take a, not necessarily a break, but uh, to come out here and, like I said, continue to learn and grow and then take back some of this information to continue to develop TJ into more of a complete mixed martial artist. And the training is going awesome. We have a good group of partners in Colorado, and he's just one of the guys who continually improves, and that's the name of the game is not to be in a rut, but to always ask questions and to grow. And the TJ that fought last time is a different TJ than we have now, and that's, again, another very rewarding aspect to training him is because he always continues to grow and get better and improve. So I can't wait until November 4th when the belt comes home. Well, I'll tell you what, man, the fight has promoted itself all along, you know, with, with the animosity and all these things, but uh, when it comes to the promotion of the fight itself, 
obviously the history is there. Everybody's looking forward to this fight, or hardcore fans at least are looking forward to this fight. But I'm wondering, should we expect to see this trash talk and animosity start to pick back up between these two guys soon? What? Well, it's never. It's it's been one-sided with them talking all the trash, and we are doing what we need to do is focus on ourselves and again each and every day improve on a as being a martial artist and, and a human being and not get wrapped up into the trash talk too much. I don't know if you watched the show or not, but it was all one-sided direction. It was mainly us defending ourselves, and then, again, on the show, we're there to help the team, not necessarily to catfight and act like we're in high school. So, yeah. uh, you know, we, we just focus on ourselves. But the animosity and all that is there, but, again, it's one-sided because we're not trying to, you know, cause any drama. We're just focusing on ourselves, and that's what I always tell my guys to do because the fight's never set until the bell rings. So with that in mind, what do we do? Well, we focus on ourselves and continue to improve and enjoy our life and enjoy the journey. Absolutely, absolutely. And I know we've talked about that extensively uh, here when we've had you on recently. You know, talking about yeah, how right. it's one-sided. Yeah, same answer, but like, you know, life doesn't. Life changes, but it doesn't change, right? It's the same goal to improve and to get past the uh, the high school drama and enjoy our lives and to give back and help out others. Absolutely. And no, I, I, I totally understand it, man. You guys are... I wish I could be more immature and talk a bunch of crap so it would be exciting, <laughs> but I just, you know, I don't know if it's a, a level of awareness. I'm not going to say I'm smarter and, and it's just, it's a level of awareness. You know, I'm, I'm just at a point in my life where I'm a, I'm a martial arts instructor, I'm a father, I'm a husband. I'm not, again, back in high school, you know, it's not 1995. So it's just, it's good to be basically past that stage in life while others seem to love to hang out in that field. No, man. Hey, listen, I couldn't agree more. I talk about it a lot on this show. I would rather see things go back to the Bushido way. We are in the era of trash talk. And, uh, sure. as- and it sells tickets, right? And it pushes, I, mean, I understand it because 90% of what you see on television and social media is just drama and pushing. And that's what sells because the excitement and the fear. But again, we're almost going to go to war at North Korea. Do you really think I care about what you know Alpha Mel is saying about me and TJ? <laughs> Not really. You know, like come on, man, fucking grow up. Right. I know. There's much bigger fish to fry in the world. That is for sure, my man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So while I have the time on this planet, I'm going to use it to grow and give back and help others who can enjoy this life together. But controversy and fights do create growth, so it is another form of aspect to actually get better. But uh, again, uh, I'll, I'll smile as much as I can while I'm here. Two 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 sides to the same coin, my man. Listen, yes, speak, sir, yes, speaking sir. of how are you doing, man? How's BJPenn.com? How's BJ? I, he we need to train. Tell I said this last time, BJ. I want to help. I want to help you out. I want to uh, be a part of your camp and uh, you know give you some uh, some of the BMT skills and drills that I've developed over the years. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, thing things are doing. We're we're doing all right over here at the website. I'll tell you what, man. It's been a hell of a time trying to work with managers. In regards to getting some of these interviews, man, some of these managers don't even like to respond to, to anything. It's it's a pain in the ass sometimes. But in regards to BJ, he's just living life, you know, doing his thing. Uh, do you have his number? I'd be more than happy to hook you guys up. I do have his number. I should shoot him a text again and uh, have him come out to Colorado or meet him in California. So one of the, one of the others. I know he lives in Hawaii, but uh, I'm in California and Colorado quite a bit for a TJ's camp. So, uh, you know, either spot is good. Yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll definitely put the bug in his ear as well to maybe reach out to you. But, um uh, Listen, speaking of, to, to, to stick with TJ, speaking of promotion here, he's co-headlining arguably the biggest card of the year. And while the fight between Cody and TJ has, has been a long time coming here with the rescheduling and the injuries, one of the positives to come out of this is, is the timing, in my opinion. Getting to compete in Madison Square Garden on this card must mean a lot to TJ. I'm wondering if you can talk to us a little bit about that. 
You know, it goes back to what I was talking about earlier is focusing on ourselves and continue to grow as martial arts human beings. And it doesn't matter where the cage is set. We still have to go in there and do a job, even though it is very prestigious and going to be fun to be to have a fight in Madison Square Gardens because of the history and lineage and culture, like we talked earlier with the Dutch kickboxing. But, uh, again, it is a fight, and it's a test, test of skills for me as a coach and TJ as a fighter and our, our corner crew as, as a team. So that's the things that we need to focus on is continuing to improve and get the belt back in our position. And that happens, again, when we improve and focus on ourselves, not necessarily what building the cage is in. True, true. And, I mean, that's but it is super cool, right? Like, you know, as a fan, it's super cool. But, again, staying laser-focused on the task at hand. Well, that's one thing, too, with people. Is like We get sidetracked with all these other things that – don't matter. They, 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 they necessarily, not necessarily, they 100% don't matter. But I guess it depends on what motivates you too, right? Is it motivating? Do you need motivation? I don't need motivation. I'm, I'm already motivated by the, the skills and, and living through TJ and having my system and teach martial arts and see my family. I, I feel just naturally motivated and high energy all the time. But if, let's say, a fighter may be lacking motivation, I don't know, and it's exciting for him to fight in Madison Square Gardens, and that's going to get him to perform his full potential, then all for that. But I'm not looking for outside elements to influence me, my, my performance in any way. I want me to be accountable for that and make sure that I don't need any, again, outside influence to yeah. stay track on hand, uh, stay stay on track with the goals at hand. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's a, that's definitely. I wish a, I could. I don't know. I feel like I should say something else, but no, no, yeah, dude, that's a that's a heart, that's you know? a Dwayne yeah. Ludwig yeah. answer, man. You have always been focused on martial arts and becoming a better better martial artist and doing everything you can for your students. So, I mean, I would expect nothing less, man. You are uh, you are one of a kind, man. A lot of people would be. Uh, feel that added pressure uh, competing at, at, at yeah, well, see, there you go. But and then with the, with that too, does that added pressure is that going to make you perform uh, to a higher level? If it does, then you know focus on that. But uh, yeah, you know it just yeah. depends on who's the personality. Because just like TJ, I choose to coach him positively and tell him, you know, at, you know, give him the information that's what he needs to do right rather than what he's doing wrong. I'm not going to tell him quit dropping his hands. I'm going to say keep your hands up, bite down the mouthpiece, move around, pump, faint. Uh, other people that I've cornered in the past, I had to you know, coach them negatively. Like, look, you know, look, you know, SOB, keep your hands up, and you know, or you know, quit dropping hands, whatever it is, being a bit more aggressive. So, uh, sorry, again, it's off sidetracked, but again, finding the, the correct tune to motivate you to your full potential, depending on what your goals are. Absolutely. Each, each person is different, and you're going to have to find different ways to get through to them. Uh, but in regards to you personally, I mean, I, I know we've kind of covered this here, but I mean, is this going to be a special moment? I mean, given the venue, I mean, looking, I know you guys are laser focused on everything, the task at hand, regardless of the venue and all of that. But I mean, it's got to be pretty special for him to recapture the title in Madison Square Garden. And that's going to feel pretty good for you guys, right? 100%. Yes, sir. It's going to feel good to get the belt back in his right place. But what's even better than that is just performing at an unseen level each and every time and continuing to improve. Uh, the belt is the reward at the end of the night. But, man, I'm sorry. I keep giving the same answer because I'm just, just OCD about what we need to do to you know, stay focused and stay on top. And that's just to continue to improve. But, again, to get the belt back uh, after, after the show and after the, the one-sided drama, it is going to feel good, 100%. Well, hey man, like I said, you guys are uh, you got you've been this way as, as long as I've known you, so no, no fault there. But listen, give us your thoughts on the main event. What do you think of GSP's return? Do you think he'll uh, do well after the lay the long layoff and moving up in weight? I love I love GSP. Uh, every time I've seen him, he's looked like a huge welterweight. 
So I think he's going to be a good size middleweight, and he is a very intelligent fighter, and he has a very awesome corner and coach with Faraz Zahabi at a TriStar. And then obviously he trains with Hanzo Gracie as well, so he's around, and John Donaher. So he's surrounded by great people. And will he be ready? I have no doubt. But I do remember he did have a layoff before, and he came back and he won, but he did say he felt some ring rust. So, I mean, obviously, ring rust, it is real if you believe it. I'll yeah. say that. Uh, but, you know, again, it depends on, again, what, what motivates you. He seems to be a very caring martial artist, so he's going to want to put on a good performance. And, again, if that motivates him or, yeah, if that motivates him to perform, then all for it. I'm super excited for it because I'm a GSP fan. Uh, Bisping has been a, a really good champion, but uh, I would love to see Bisping with the belt. Or you mean GSP with the belt, rather. I'm sorry, son of a biscuit. <laughs> yes, Son of a biscuit, I'm going to have to use that one. In this in excuse time, the jet lag is real. I will say that. Uh, ring rust, it is if you believe it. Jet lag is for real, whether you believe it or not. Yeah, no doubt. When I woke up this morning, I was like, oh, God, he texted me back at 1.30. I'm like, oh, he's in Yeah, hour. sorry. The time yeah, no, no, no worries, man. No, no worries. Eight hours ahead of Colorado, so nine hours ahead of you in California, so... Uh, and this is my second day here, so I feel like I am literally in a dream. And I'm going to have to go back and listen to this interview and see if I said anything stupid again. <laughs> ah, you sound good to me so far, my man. So, yes, it, uh, also on this card, obviously we mentioned a lot of big fights, but we see Rose Namajunas take on Ioana and Jacek. Oh, that's right. Rose has been... I there on the card. Sorry, go ahead. Rose, is, uh, Rose has been a close friend of your... Uh, Rose has been close to your good friend, Trevor Whitman, for many years. Uh, do you think Rose will be able to take the belt from Ioana? Rose does have the skills and the ability to do so. Yes, she she can. The, the chances are there. It's not as one-sided as some people have made it seem to be. Rose is a very tough challenge for her, and it's not going to be easy, an easy fight for either one of them. Like That's going to be a tough fight. They both have to come and be ready to perform. Yeah. Well, this is, a, this is an awesome card. If I, if I probably wouldn't travel to go see it, but... If TJ wasn't on the card, I would at least think about it. Right. I, I like to watch the fights on TV just for the commentating, commentating and the, the replays. And but of course, the energy of the, of the venue and the fights is always awesome. But I prefer to watch the fights on TV. But again, this is a card that I would think about going to, but I probably wouldn't unless TJ's on the card and he is. So I'll be there, and I'm excited for that. I'm sure the I'm sure the, I'm sure the tickets are pretty expensive too. So. Uh, yes, sir. My wife's ticket was not cheap. Oh, brutal! They don't comp your wife, man. No, well, I didn't. To be honest, I didn't ask them. I'm in a good position that I feel I can give back to the UFC, so I don't mind paying for a ticket. Yeah. But it was pretty pricey, and again, with the business, it's a, it's a write-off, so it's okay. I don't mind uh, supporting my friends, which I consider the UFC and the industry. Yeah. Absolutely. And my wife's got to be there, so. Yeah. But I'm sure actually they probably would have gave me a ticket if I would have asked. You know what? I might need to ask for a ticket and sell this one. Anyone want to go? <laughs> <laughs> Good thinking. I need to check with you more often. Hey, hey, man. Listen, we could maybe start a little side business. I got no problem with that. Um, I'm hustling UFC tickets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Uh, let's hope we don't get uh, thrown in jail for that, though. Um, no, it's good. I buy a ticket, and uh, it's a rare, rare commodity now. I got to add 20%. Right? Right. Right, we'll be yeah, like StubHub, just not StubHub. Yeah. <laughs> so listen, it's been a it's been a while since we've had you on the show, and I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, Connor versus Floyd. I know we spoke a lot about it before the fight, but what did you think about Connor's performance, and was there anything that surprised you? Connor surprised me. He looked very, very good, and he did very well. He won the first couple rounds, first three, four rounds, and held his own. 
uh, Mayweather did not have an easy night. But on the flip side of that, too, I've talked with some boxing experts, experts, and what I've seen as well is Floyd could have danced around and not got hit as much and made it an easier fight, but he chose to be in the face of Connor, and that was to get him tired and apply some pressure. But I am very, very surprised that he was able to take Connor's punches. But they, again, they weren't great clean shots except for that one slip uppercut that he caught him with off that pull cross from open stands. Uh, but, you know, he usually, he usually pulled crosses, but this time he pulled him with uppercut. And, uh, man, that was dead on, and Mayweather took that and didn't even blink. And I was very impressed by Mayweather on that one because Connor can crack, uh, as we all know. Uh, but, again, I think Connor did very, very well, and he can continue to box and be a force to, uh, to reckon with if he chooses to. So, really, so you, you think that that could be a possible avenue for him moving forward is to, to stay with him? No, 100%. He went 10 rounds with Mayweather. Right, right, right. I know, in his first professional boxing match. In his first, yeah, his ability to perform is is unseen. He's like, like I said before, too, like Neo from The Matrix. I'm I'm a fan of him. I'm going to keep supporting him because I want to see how far he can take life because we all have doubts and, and fears and goals and let things get in our way and then choose to focus and go certain directions. I'm just, I love, I'm sitting back and I'm studying him again as Neo from The Matrix to see how far he can take this ride we call life because he literally believes that nothing is impossible and it's just, it's motivating to see that in another human being. Absolutely. You know, regard, regardless of all the hate he gets and, and things of that nature, you really have to admire everything he's been able to accomplish and, uh, you know, it certainly hats off to him. But to stay with boxing here, another match I wanted to get your opinion on was the Triple G Canelo fight. What did you think of the draw and each guy's performance? Uh, good fight. I wish Canelo would have tried to apply the pressure a bit more or not ran as much. But I'm not trying to sit there and get cracked by Triple G either. So he fought smart. I did think Triple G edged him in the fight, and it wasn't the, the correct decision. But it wasn't a robbery, right? So... But I feel I do feel Triple G did win that fight. Yeah, it was a, so much controversy with with Adelaide Bird and, and things of that nature. But oh, that one score, yeah, like what the hell? Know, we, we need. I've said this before too. We need former. Well, yeah, I, we need former competitors of each sport to be the judges for that sport because they understand it. But you know what? But see, as I'm saying that, I'm kind of holding back as well because there are a ton of good fighters, great fighters, that cannot teach, that may necessarily not know how to perceive it. They just know how to react and perform. So we need to, I think, come together as a martial art community and revise the judging skill set and test these people and create a a test and just the same thing I do with my BMT system. We're taking kickboxing and categorizing it and making things, you know, easier and harder than another and creating levels. And that gives us a grading structure to go from. Yeah, you're right. And it's something that's always, it's something that I, I found very interesting is I got really excited when Ricardo Almeida had been announced that he was going to be a judge. And then, and then I don't hear his name anymore. I don't think he's judging anymore. You know, it's unfortunate that, you know, like you said, there should be guys that know how to teach, that have experience in the game doing this judging rather than people just off the street who have no combat experience whatsoever. Um but, and now, with that being said, too, he would judge the fight more towards a grappler, perhaps maybe a wrestler, than a striker. So that's why we got to all come together and set the guidelines. But still, it's human error and perception. Uh, but, again, that's a much better option than somebody who's never competed or people who have only competed a few times. But, again, we got to come together as a community and create a 
judging criteria to follow that we all agree upon, which is another reason why I'm here in Holland to talk with Nick Hemmers and show him my BMT system, or I shouldn't say just BMT because it's a Boss Root-inspired BMT system, yeah. and have him look at it and you know come to an agreement of what are the basics of kickboxing. If somebody trained with you or trained with me or trained with Boss or another gym for six months, what would they learn? The basics of hands, basic knees, basic front kicks, basic round kicks, and these set basic combinations. It should be equal across the board so that we all come together and say, look, here again, here's the basics of kickboxing. This is what we should be teaching to keep everybody growing and, and healthy and happy and not hurting each other and, again, doing some things that may be technically wrong. Take Carry that over into the judging judging world as well. Take experts and create, again, a criteria and put points to it and yearly or maybe every couple months or six months another a test and review and keep everybody sharp and honest. It's the same thing I do with my BMT system. Yeah. So, so I, my affiliates come out and yeah, and I got I got to grade them, test them. It's quality control. And we all know this. We do this with every other subject except for martial arts, but it's getting closer to it because of situations like this. So we need more. Unfortunately, we need more situations like this to finally step up and create the standard. But again, we're almost going to go to fucking war, North Korea. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it sounds like you're trying to normalize uh, what everybody considers to be basics of kickboxing. So it's a an across the board thing that everybody can understand and grasp. Yeah. The, well, I think, like you said, man, I think every sport could use a bit of that. Uh, Jiu-jitsu. I mean, you name it. If it's a martial art, there there should be. Uh, uh, some kind of normalizing across the board for everybody. But um, listen, to get back to MMA, um, last time we spoke, you, you would put out the word that your doors would be open to fighters now. Any new additions to the team since then? Uh, a couple, but uh, nothing official. We have some, a few that are traveling in and out and basically trying it out. But uh, I'll keep that uh, low for now. Okay. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's going good. It's, it's at a pace where uh, it works for everybody. Who do you think would be an ideal candidate for the BMT system? You know, anybody in particular that comes to mind for you that you would, you think would be a perfect fit for your system? Well, uh, one guy who's been working with us a little bit is uh, Chepe. I don't actually know Chepe's last name. He's out of Chicago, and he comes to Colorado and trains. He trains elevation. But uh, he's a guy who should be in the UFC and is a guy that is helping TJ for this next camp with sparring and drills. So uh, there are quite a few people. Corey Sanhagen. Um, there's another guy who should be in the UFC, uh, a local Colorado kid who's phenomenal. Uh, but uh, that, that's about it for now. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, something that came to mind for me was with all this talk of Rousey possibly coming back, you know, Edmund getting on there and saying that he'd love to see her fight Cyborg. All I could think of is that if she was really going to do this, she should hook up with a coach like yourself. You know, first... I've heard that quite a few times, and that's not, that's not a bad idea. I, I mean, I've dedicated my life to martial arts. This is what I do. I mean, again, like we talked earlier, is I take my vacations to go and continue to learn and grow because this is what excites me, yeah. excites me, sorry. Uh, but uh, I would have to pass on that situation. I don't, uh, yeah, I would just have to say that. Yeah, I, yeah let me leave it at that. All right, well, well. But, you know, but you're right. I mean, I think uh, I, I did, I don't want to create drama. I did hear Edmund on the last uh, Arrow Hawani show last week, I think it was. Yeah. And uh, he mentioned that if she were to come back that you know they started this together he was with her since her first amateur fight and all the way through her career and leaned towards the direction that they should always stay together and i agree with that but you do need to learn and grow and that happens with another perspective obviously so i do feel she could 
it's easy to say she could benefit if she did get another perspective, another set of eyes on her, uh, as long as she's coachable, which I don't know. Uh, but uh, he made a reference I didn't necessarily agree with, saying that they're, you know, he, they started together amateur fights and they'll stay together, which is fine, but she does need to continue to grow, and it's not a bad idea for her to search other options, not necessarily leave Edmund, but search other options. And that's why I've always had open doors, uh, which is uh, one of the problems I see. Ah, fuck, I don't want to create drama, but uh, like when I left Sacramento, it was supposed to be open doors and people were supposed to go back and forth and, and train and continue to grow, yeah. not have any closed doors. So I'll, I'll leave it at that because, I mean, that's what people need to do is travel and train and get other perspectives and new fresh look and get out of their comfort zone. I mean, that's everyone understands that. And for there to be any walls or borders is, I just don't agree with that. Yeah, and it only slows down things for the athletes themselves. But you make a great point there. If if Coach Edmund was to stay with Ronda, and, and like you said, that is the right move, but you also do need some other perspective. He should team up with somebody else and, and uh, you know, hopefully build her game in another avenue and another facet uh, rather than just having all of that burden on himself. Uh, um, nice, good call. Yeah. And it's got to grow, right? It's like when I told TJ, go work with uh, Jason Perello or go anywhere you need to go. Like, grow, man. Like, it's only, it'd be selfish for me. I, should, I shouldn't bring any other people up into my conversation. Uh, I should just re- reference everything to myself. So, I've already said it, though, but if I could go back in time, I would start, I would answer the question saying, with TJ being the example, he needs to continue and grow. I don't know everything. He needs other perspectives. I encourage him to travel and train and to learn new things. Because me as a martial artist, why I'm here in Holland is to continue to learn and grow. If he can learn and grow with somebody else and and get better, he ha- that has to happen. But I don't mind listening to that adv- you know advice either because I want to continue to learn and grow. So if I can send him somewhere else to bring back some information, that's that's rewarding to me. Because I'm going to learn from it. He'll learn from it. It'll be a win-win, which every situation should be is a win-win scenario. And that's just another reason why you're such a phenomenal coach, my man. Um, I mean, was, I, I'm just not that ignorant, you know? But, you know, like, what the hell? You know, you gotta, you got to grow, man. You gotta, we were only, again, on this life for so long. I want to not, not necessarily overload my brain, but I want to get as good as I can while I'm here. Yeah, maximize, yeah, maximize your potential, man. My time, yes, sir. My like time like my Matt time Horwitz time. says, we all have limitless potential. You got to seize that shit. So, nice. I agree, yes, man. Sir. Listen, how is he doing? I, honestly, I, I, man, I have not. I follow him on social media. The guy's all over the place. I think he's living in Poland, actually. What? Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, he's living in Poland. Um, you remember uh, Jason McDonald? Yeah, of course. I just seen him at the airport, and I was thinking about him these last couple weeks for some odd reason. I'm like. He jumped in my brain for some reason. I don't know why. And I see him at the Denver airport on the way to Holland, and it was just crazy. I was like, man, what have you been up to? He goes, oh, you know, same, same old, same old. And I'm like, no, not really. I don't know. That's what I'm asking you. <laughs> but it was really cool to see him. But as far as someone else who like, kind of blasts from the past, name recognition again, Matt Horwitz, Ringo Bell, and then again, Jason yeah. McDonald. So, Dude, he, yeah, he's, really cool. he's Canadian, though. Canadian, what was he going, what to, Holland going to Holland for? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, no, no, no. He wasn't, he wasn't going to Holland. We just crossed paths at the Denver airport. Oh, okay, okay, uh, when, okay. And Sorry. Yeah, see, I gotta get better. Is he still involved in martial arts or? See, I don't know. It was just real quick um, because my flight was boarding, so we just ran right away. You know what I gotta do? I gotta get you an interview uh, with uh, Nick Hemmers. Oh, dude, I would love that. That That would be awesome. Yes, sir. Do you mind if I? uh, Well, I'll ask him if you can exchange phone numbers. But uh, yeah, you should get him on because he's he's actually the second. Uh, second generation of Dutch kickboxing lineage. I mean, yeah, his dad trained Cor, Ramon Decker. They, they grew, him and Ramon grew up together. Yeah, and Cor himself is a freaking legend when it comes to kickboxing. So. Yes, I would love to. I'd love to. I guess I should, Cor was here earlier today. 
she has Glory this weekend, which is another reason why I'm here to watch Glory. Uh, but uh, I need to interview him, and I, oh, I don't need to, but I'd love to, you know, just to sit him down and, you know, pick his brain, and which is again why I'm here. But just sit down, take some notes, and just ask some questions about Ramon Deckers, and just to get his perspective on stuff. Which is, well, I'm getting that in the classes too, but. I love to sit down in the cerebral aspects of it as well. Oh yeah, man. And listen, I'd be I'd be more than grateful if you could hook that up. But I also don't want I also don't want to chew up too much of your time, man. So. Um, oh, I love. Sorry, I get excited. Yeah. No, no, no problem, man. Listen, thoughts on Matt Brown versus Diego Sanchez? You know. Oh, that's right. That's going to be a war. Both guys come to fight each and every time, and I'm going to have to go with Matt Brown, even though I'm a Diego Sanchez fan. Matt Brown, he comes to. So that should be a crazy fight, and what a what a yeah what a better opponent to, for for your final fight. Perfect for each other, yeah. For the final fight, who's that? I'm, I I was uh, I'm relatively sure that Matt Brown. I, I think he said he was going to retire after this one. Oh, did he? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I think that that was news last week. He said it was going to be his uh, going to be his last last corral there. Ah, I should reach out to him. We he hasn't been in uh, into the classes. He uh, started uh, training him doing his, some of his own training at the same time as my morning classes, so I can't, uh, uh, dang it, I should reach out to him and see if he can, uh, well, I, I'd like to help the guy a little bit here and there, right, when I can, but I'm going to be busy as hell as I'm spending half the time in Colorado, when I get back to Colorado, uh, half the week there, half the week in California, helping TJ, so yeah. uh, I'll be busy. What's uh, so, so it sounds like you're not totally working with him for this camp. I was assuming that you guys would be oh, together. No, sir, I, I haven't been at all. I haven't, uh, the last couple of months, I haven't seen him uh, at all. Oh, just man, been in the gym. But he's still doing his training and stuff, right? He's got the Dorian Price. I don't know if you remember Dorian Price, but he – I seen a video on Matt's Instagram a couple of days ago where he was training with Dorian in Red Rocks, which is in Colorado. So he brought Dorian – Yeah, on the stairs, I think, right? There for. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's sad to see him go, man, but, you know, at the very least, we should all be thankful to, to have watched him compete in, in oh, that yeah. warrior spirit. Hell, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, and that, that warrior spirit, that's what I see here in Holland – Every one of these people. It's like 40 guys in the, in the gym right now, and they're all just killers. But yeah. uh, what was your question? Sorry. No, no, I was just oh, going to no, say, no. Uh, you know, to, to stick with Matt, I know you had said uh, a couple times, I can't remember whether it was the last time we spoke or the time before that, but you talked about how Matt makes a great coach, and, and you'd like to see him go forward with that coaching. Um, so, I mean, that would clearly be an avenue for him now that he's going to retire. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Okay. Yep. Okay. Now, it's so... With with you not knowing he was going to retire, I, I'm assuming that there was no talk with him maybe coaching at your gym full time or maybe branching out and doing his uh, own brand. No. Or? He probably I, I don't know. No, we didn't talk much okay. about that. Yeah, I didn't know he was retiring after this. So, okay. uh, but no, yeah, there hasn't been a talk for as far as him uh, teaching at uh, Z Dojo. <laughs> Z Dojo. All right. Listen, man, just a couple more questions here for you. Um, Give us your visualization on on Brown versus Diego. How do you think it plays out, given guys each guy's skill set? I think Matt Brown's going to. They're going to be in the clinch, and Matt Brown's going to elbow him to his cut up, and the rest stops it in the third round. That's a very good prediction, considering how easily Diego gets cut. I do my research. <laughs> well, it's just memory, right? Who doesn't know that, right? Right, right? And in regards to TJ, my man, how does he recapture this title? Is it with the finish? And and what's your official he prediction? He needs to stay cool have fun, enjoy the moment, and go and perform. That's it. Because the training, we do all the drills and combinations. He's going to be wired, and the information comes out when he's comfortable, when he's confident, when he's enjoying the moment, and just perform. All right. Well, we're certainly looking forward to the fight, looking forward to him recapturing that title. So uh, This one's been a, been a long time waiting for this fight, and I have no doubt you guys will go out there and seize the moment. 
Um, Dwayne, always a pleasure to have you on, my man. Always a great conversation. Um, I hope you have a great time in Holland with a wife. And, of course, any shout-outs you'd like to get in before we let you go? Uh, just thanks for listening. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, my uh, sponsor is DLC2000 on it. Since they bought Struton, has changed my life. Uh, it's awesome to be here at Hammer's Gym. Uh, just that's, you know, bjpen.com. BJ, let's get some training in. All right. All right. Thank sure. you very much, brother. I guess i got to plug my own bangmuaythai.com. Of course, right? of course. Uh, affiliate business and uh, online academy, sharing more ninja skills and drills to help people grow and become better martial artists slash human beings. Quality reps, Quality my man. Quality reps, my man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. There you have it, Penn Nation, Dwayne Bang Ludwig. Awesome conversation with him. The man is a well of information and obsessed with mixed martial arts, martial arts for that matter. Always cool to hear his perspective and uh, get some of his opinion. Makes a great point when it comes to judging. And as you heard him discussing how he was trying to normalize kickboxing in regards to teaching, we really need to normalize judging in regards to combat sports. So big thank you to Dwayne. Always a pleasure to have him on the show. And I'm sure we'll have him on again soon. UFC 217, just about two months away. And his star pupil will take on Cody Garbrandt for the UFC bantamweight title. In a fight that's got a lot of uh, controversy behind it, a lot of animosity and history between the guys. I have no doubt it'll be a great one. And. Hopefully, for the sake of Dwayne and his student, they uh, they get the job done and recapture that belt. So let's keep it rolling here at BJPenn.com. Coming up next, another good friend of the show, James Vick, the Texecutioner. As I had said earlier, it was uh, just announced that he'll be fighting Joe Duffy, also at UFC 217 in Madison Square Garden. And we have a great conversation with him as well regarding the fight, the division, fighting in Madison Square Garden. Uh, what's next for Connor and, and, and the title situation at 155. All that and much more coming up next. This is BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. We're joined by James, the Texecutioner Vic. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show, surging UFC lightweight, the Texecutioner himself, James Vic. James, what's going on, man? How have you been? Um, I'm good. I've been good. Just at home uh, training. Now I'm here in training camp getting ready for a big fight. Yeah, it's something I wanted to get to, obviously, in just a moment here. But I'm wondering, were you in Texas for the hurricane? I'm hoping all of your family and your friends were safe. Anybody back home? Um, Yeah, I was in Texas. But I live in North Texas, and all my family's from North Texas, so it didn't really affect us much at all. Okay, very good. Glad to hear it. Uh, So it's been a while since we've had you on the show, man. Last time we spoke was uh, right after the Rays KO. Uh, it was announced this week that you'll be fighting Joe Duffy at UFC 217. How excited are you about this matchup? I'm excited. Um, good striker. Um, I, you know, I think a, a good opponent, and he has a bit of a name. He's still living off the hype of the McGregor fight years ago, but he has a big name. Uh, so it's 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 the best possible scenario I could have got besides getting a top 15 guy, which I couldn't get those, any of those guys to fight me. So... It's the next best thing. Yeah, those are all things I wanted to touch on here in a moment, but I'm wondering, have you officially started camp yet? Yeah, I've been in camp. I, I've been in camp for a few weeks before they released, about two or three weeks before they even released that uh, 
they just released it a couple of days ago. I've known about this fight for for a long time now. Oh, okay. So give us your thoughts on Duffy in regards to his skill set and how he matches up against you. Um, I think it's, you know he has a very good skill set. He, he's I think he's one of the better guys in the division. But I also think that all of his strong points are my strong points, and I feel like mine are be- mine are better than his. Now, I, I know the last time we spoke, you felt that you deserved a, a ranked guy. It sounds like you're pretty happy with Duffy as an opponent, though. I mean, I'm not necessarily happy about it, but, I mean, I couldn't get a ranked guy to fight me. And, um, you know, it, it sucks. But, you know, I, I had a ranked guy, an opponent, a few fights ago, and I, and I blew that shot, and I lost, you know. So um, now that's the whole, all the rest of the ranked guys' justification and not letting me not letting me get a fight with them, Um because oh I had my chance and I and I lost or whatever, but I'm also have one of the literally one of the best records in the UFC at seven and one. Like there's not many people with a record that good in the UFC, and I I, I deserve another chance. And they ain't trying to give it to me, so I'm not just gonna sit on the shelf. And I, I honestly I wanted to fight again in August, and then I asked to fight in September, and now here I am fighting in November. So I had to wait all this time um, because I just couldn't get a. a, a uh, a top guy to fight me, and that's what they were trying to do, and they couldn't get any of them to agree, so here we are. Yeah, I was going to ask you, know, what to, took so long for you to get another fight? Last time we spoke, it sounded like you were pretty eager to get back in there, as you mentioned, August. So it just sounds like none of the top 15 guys were willing to take the risk of fighting a dangerous guy like yourself, and were putting up the excuse that you had already lost to a top 15 guy. Um, pretty much, yeah, that, that's that's pretty much what it was, and, and I, I just couldn't get any of them to fight. I had a... Um, uh, Evan Dunham wouldn't take the fight with me. Um, I called. Uh, I, I asked to fight um, Poirier. Um, he he wouldn't take the fight. He wouldn't even reply back. And, you know, Anthony Pettis. All these guys. You know, it's like I, I've been trolling these guys on Twitter, and they're I, they won't even respond. Act like my name's not big enough for them to even respond when my UFC record's better than half of theirs, or the majority of them actually. Well, as you had mentioned, at the very least, you know Duffy's got a lot of hype around him, and he's well known. He's a well known guy. Uh, as a guy who beat Connor, uh, would you agree that this is a, at least a good opportunity for you to gain gain some more clout with the fans and the promotion? Um, yeah, for sure. I uh, the the card, you know, uh, the card it's on the MSG card, probably the biggest pay per view of the year now. Um, that and the spot we're going to be in, we're we're supposed to be the FS uh, uh, prelim headliner, and they really advertise that that fight a lot. The, the headliner of the, the right before the pay-per-view, so um, it's a good spot to be on, and um, Duffy's got a name, and uh, I think that it's, it's like, since the best I could get, I guess, you know, outside of fighting, a, uh, getting to fight a top 15 guy. Well, as you mentioned there, uh, you've landed a spot on arguably the biggest card of the year so far, and it's going to be at the world-famous Madison Square Garden. I'd imagine this is a dream come true for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for sure with the fight. You know, I'm from a... Uh, from a little country town of like 4,000 people in Texas, and now I'm fighting at Madison Square Garden. So it's, you know, it's definitely um, crazy um, and, you know, definitely a, a dream of mine. And, you know, it's a blessing to, to be in the position I'm in for sure. Yeah, it's funny. I was I was actually going to mention that. I saw your Twitter post of coming from a small town of 4,000 people, and now you're going to fight in this legendary arena. You know, does it feel like this is a turning point for your career now? It, it seems like this is a chance for you to, Make a make a big statement and finally get that recognition that you that you're well deserved. I mean, I, honestly, I don't know. I mean, they, to me, like, still, like, everyone can, you know, everyone can say with the uh, with the oh, you need to promote yourself and this and that. But man, 
anybody who is getting getting off in the UFC and becoming mega stars it's because the UFC is promoting them. And you know, I asked the UFC after my last fight to promote me, and I can't, you know. Um, say anything bad because they did they flew me they gave me a guest appearance in oklahoma they flew me out to international fight week they've been good to me you know so i can't really complain there but i mean i, I just uh i need bigger fights i need they're gonna basically after this fight when i win this fight and i beat duffy i'm gonna be eight and one in the ufc they're just gonna be forced to get someone they're gonna have to force someone to fight me because none of these top basically all of these uh these top guys want us killers to fight each other. It's just nuts how I lose to, to one guy in the top top ten. Dude was ranked like number seven at the time or something, and I'm not I'm not good enough to fight at the top ten. But these guys lose three or four fights within the top ten, and it's like their grandfather in. They can take as many losses as they want, you know. Yeah. So it's I mean I've, I've thought that I was going to get promoted and um, get bigger opportunities many times. I mean when I beat Jake Matthews in Australia, I was. Um, Four and zero in the UFC at that time. Two first round finishes. Um, uh, just it just got the bonus, you know. Thought I was on cloud nine. Thought everything was about to turn around in my life and I, my career was about to take off. I came home, had to have hip surgery. Um, uh, Australia took half my money in taxes. Ended up going broke. Didn't fight for over a year, you know. Um, uh, so I mean, I, I can't, you know, guarantee that, that me me going and winning this fight or. You know, even even getting a finish and looking spectacular is gonna 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 progress me the way I feel like I should. So we'll, only time will tell. Yeah, that's true, man. You make a great point. It's a shame to see that the promotion kind of cherry picks who they're gonna promote and uh, give the big push to. But you know, you, you talked about the division there. That's something I wanted to get to in a moment. I know that you're um, that you're a terrible matchup for pretty much everybody in the division. Um, but in regards to fighting on MSG, I mean, is there is there added pressure for you, you know, given the magnitude and, and the legend of this historic arena? I mean, is that an added pressure for you to go out there and compete and have a great performance? No, I don't. I mean, I'm going to go out there and just like I do every other fight. It's to me, like pressure and shit like that, that's for the mentally weak. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm too mentally strong for any pressure of fighting anywhere to, to bother me. And my last fight was in my home, my home city uh, with – I don't know, 18,000, 20,000 people right there at the American Airlines Center um, in my home city. I mean, and people ask the same thing, oh, is it too much pressure? I mean, only if you're mentally weak it is, you know. If you're strong in your mind, that, that's, you know, that's, that don't bother me at all. Like, I'm going to walk out there and, and just like I, own the, like I own the place, like I think I do every other fight. <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. I agree, man. I think a lot of uh... – a lot of guys talk about that pressure, but at the end of the day, it, it is all about mental fortitude, and you're absolutely correct. Uh, but, are, I mean, when you're walking out there, are you going to take a minute to, to soak this all in? I mean, regardless of uh, the mental fortitude that you have and, and all of those things considered, this is a pretty big moment for you, man. Yeah, I'm going to soak it in. I mean, I love it. This is, I mean, this is my, literally my dream job. Right? I wake up every day and I get to do whatever I want, I feel, I just, which is train. You know, I love the train. I, I love the fight. I love the crowd. I love um, the one-on-one. I love the, 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 the just the feeling you get, the rush you get. And yeah, I'm going to soak it up, and I'm going to enjoy every minute of it, just like I always do. Now, give us your thoughts on the rest of the card, man. It's stacked from top to bottom. Uh, first, let's start with the Women's Championship. Who are you picking between uh, Rose and Joanna? I, I got Johanna. Uh, Johanna, of course. Um, uh, I think she, you know, stylistically, I just don't see Rose being able to take her down, and then she's not going to outstrike her. None of those girls are going to outstrike Johanna unless they just catch her with a big bomb and hurt her. And it's just that's just very rare in lighter weight 
classes, and especially in light of women's weight classes, that Rose could, I mean, it's, it's possible, but it's very rare that Rose could drop her or knock her out with one punch in, in those lighter, lighter, lighter divisions like that. Yeah, it seems to be. If you can't take Ioana down, you're in for a long night. So uh, I, I would agree with you on that assessment. In the co-main event, we have the grudge match between TJ and Cody. How do you see that fight playing out? You know, honestly, skill set wise, I think I think Dillashaw has a higher skill set, but I just don't know. Um, I mean, I don't know. You know, I know there's stories about their training, this and that. I don't know anything about any of that. Um, I mean, to me, that's a pick 'em fight. I think it's going to be a very close fight, and I'm not sure who's going to win, honestly. Yeah, yeah. All of the talk of what's going on in the gym, nobody can be be sure about any of that. But it definitely lends itself to the controversy and, and hyping up this fight. Uh, but, of course, the big one is the return of, the, of, of GSP against Bisping. How do you think GSP is going to do after such a long layoff and, and moving up a weight class? I don't know. We'll see. Um, uh, I think that um, I think that he's going to obviously try to wrestle. I think GSP, I don't think he has the punching power to really hurt Bisping. Um, uh, Bisping has a good chin. He's proven that. Um, he has good cardio, but um, can – GSP get him down and, and basically stall him out like he does a lot of people. Possibly, um, if I had to if I had to bet my money, I would probably pick Biz being slight favorite just because he's been more active, even though he's way older, or quite a bit older than, than GSP, and he's taking more damage in his career than GSP has. He's he's been more active, and it's you know it's a it's a five round fight, so. I mean, you know, usually, usually that really favors um, GSP, but Bisbing is known for his cardio, and GSP has, you know, three, three or four years of ring rest, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. you're <clears throat> absolutely correct there. I mean, uh, the the pace that Bisping can put on, his cardio has always been a, a, a huge factor in his fights, and with that layoff, will GSP be able to return to the form he was once at? Uh, but we t- you talked about this here briefly, um, you know, as I mentioned, that th- this is a huge opportunity for you and, and possibly the one you've been waiting for. And I know you feel like you're a terrible matchup for all these guys at 155, but you kind of talked about it. After a dominant win on November 4th, it seems like they can't deny you a top 15 guy at that point, right? I, I guess. I mean, I, we'll see. I don't know. I mean, it, it, it just gets old seeing. It just gets old seeing these other guys lose. Um, multiple fights and still be ranked in the top 10. Like, I mean, I'm not telling me, but like, I know Michael Johnson recently just dropped down, but Michael Johnson was one in four in his, one in four in his last five fights. And he was still ranked in the top 10. I mean, the, I understand that he's fighting the highest level of guys, but at the same time, I mean, it's like when these guys get to the top 10, that they can just lose however many fights they want, as long as they lose each other and their grandfathered in. And, and you know, Pettis comes back and beats, 40-year-old Jim Miller, and this motherfucker's ranked number 13 in the world. It's a joke. The dude, the dude should not be ranked yet off of one one win coming back from to beat Jim Miller. There's no way he should have got that ranking. But understand, you know, he's a, he's a former world champion or whatever. You know, that's all cool. But I mean, I you know, I I, I trolled him on Twitter, didn't hear a word. These guys act like I'm not you know big enough to, for them to fight. And the the only thing that I can just keep hoping on is if I get a promotional push and that's the only way I'm going to get any of these guys to take a chance to fight me. Well, it sounds like, it, it sounds to me like uh, they're using that excuse that you're not a big name for the reason not to fight you when in reality they know, as we mentioned, you're an incredibly tough matchup. I mean, just based on skills and your size alone, anybody's going to have a long day at the office when they have to fight you. I'm sure you'd agree with that. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, common sense t- says that that that's why they're not taking the fights. They're they're going to say that, of course they're going to. And like you know, I wanted to fight Dustin Poirier. Of course, why why would he turn around and fight a six foot three lightweight who's going to beat him when he has a turn? He gets to turn around and fight Anthony Pettis, who's who's uh, a good chance Poirier is probably going to win that fight, and Pettis has a way bigger name. You know, that's why I can just hope for a promotional push and and, and that they keep they keep blowing you know blowing my name up hopefully and, and helping helping that out because um, all of these guys you know uh, it's like the same thing they're the, I just think that they're going to end up having to force someone to fight me basically and they tried that with Evan Dunham they basically said you know um, I'm pretty sure that this is what they did because I get a text from Sean Shelby saying Evan Dunham said he won't fight you he's willing to wait basically I'm pretty sure. At, Sean, shall we try to make him fight me? And then um, he said, well, no, I'm not fighting him. I don't care how long I have to wait. And I'm thinking, well, how long is this motherfucker going to wait? He already waited. He hadn't fought in a year. And now now he's fighting um, the next month. But I wanted to fight him in the August card, you know. But, I mean, I'll just, you know, that's fine. You know, I'm not going to say or complain. I'm just going to go fight and get my paycheck. Well, at the end of the day, man, the wins become undeniable. And, and all you got to do is continue to win and win impressively. And eventually that time will come. But... You know, we're in the age of trash talk, and it seems like you're trying to do your thing on Twitter now, maybe promote promote yourself a little bit more. But, I mean, what, what, it seems so unfair, as you talked about the rankings, the way everything works out, and then half the time they just overlook the rankings like they don't even matter. And it really does seem like the more trash talk you get, you get going. Those are the guys that get the fights, regardless of how deserving. I mean, th- does it feel – what does it feel like to you to know that you m- probably have to go that route to get what you want these days in mixed martial arts? Here's the thing. Everyone keeps saying that. Everyone keeps saying that. But I feel I feel a little bit different because now now that I see it, I feel like all of these people are talking shit now, and they're coming off as fake because they're trying to force the issue that they're shit talkers or something. Yep. And I mean, and, and a lot of these people aren't. There's tons of people that are talking shit that aren't getting anything out of it. You people always say, oh well, the well the person who's talking shit's getting promoted and he's he's getting a big fight. Well, there's tons of motherfuckers that are talking shit ain't getting nothing. The, the, I don't know how that selection goes on the pick of people or whatever, but I mean, like, look at Kevin Lee. I don't see how that guy's getting a world title shot. And people can say, oh, well, he's talking a lot of shit. He's doing, I mean, he's winning fights too, you know? But there's tons of people that are talking shit out there that are in the UFC that aren't getting anything. So, I mean, it's just, um, I mean, I've been talking shit. You know, I, I, I went on John Anna Kenny Foreman podcast a while back and just talked shit about the whole fucking top 10 divisions. Just went, went off on all of them, and nothing came of it. You know, I mean, they tweet. You know, a few people tweeted it, and I had a couple comments, and you know, it was it was decent, decent little conversation on Twitter. But it, it didn't, you know, it didn't it didn't help me any at all to get a fight to land a big name in a fight. Yeah, and I and I agree with you in what you're saying that some guys are just not made to trash talk, and you come off like an idiot when you do so, and it's so forced and labored, and you can tell. I think fans, while they love the trash talk, the humor of all of those things. They want to see a genuine animosity between guys. They want to see that it that it seems real at the very least. Uh, so I agree with you there. But I'd love to see things go back to the Bushido way. We just go by who is the best, who is the rightful number one contender. They get to fight the champ, and everybody shakes hands and shows respect. And uh, but you know maybe one day we'll see. Yeah, I don't think that's ever gonna happen anymore. <laughs> right, we've gone we've gone full WWE here. For sure. Well, uh, change gears here a bit. Um, you know, the division still being held up by Connor, and uh, we have the interim title up for grabs, as you mentioned, with Kevin Lee, Tony Ferguson. 
Uh, I'd imagine that you're probably of the train of thought that, that Connor should have to fight, uh, defend the title next, correct? Um, yeah, I do. Um, uh, uh, I, you know, I think that he, he should, but it's not going to happen. So, um, I guess we'll see. I think he's going to end up, if he does, he's going to end up fighting Nate Diaz again anyway. So I think that'll be his title defense. Basically, it's probably a trilogy match with Nate Diaz. And see, that should just piss off everybody in the division, right? I mean, what the hell is the point of the ranking system at all? For sure, and what's the point of them doing an interim title if they're going to turn around and let someone else that's not the interim champion fight the champion, you know? it's It, it really don't make any sense, but, um, you know, it's about money. That's cool. Um, it, 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 this All this just gets kind of old, you know, dealing with it. It's just like, it's crazy to see, like, Kevin Lee fighting for our interim title um, uh, when this dude... Two fights that you so he fought when he fought Kiesa he was eight and two I'm seven and one this is the main event in the fight I'm, I haven't even got a co-main spot or anything he can't beat really any higher level competition than me except the Kiesa fight he just won and, and this dude this dude is um uh is uh he beat the other ranked guy he beat was like number 13 14th ranked at the time Trinaldo Trinaldo was like 40 years old and um and then he he beats him and then turns around and gets to fight Kiesa and then ends up you know ends up performing you know not hating he is. But the dude's UFC, these people's UFC records are not even really any better than mine. They have more losses in the UFC than I do. And um, they're getting all this shit, so it's it's just annoying, you know. But uh, all I can do is just, you know, sit here, like I said, I'm just going to go, I'm just going to fight and get my paycheck. And after this fight, I'm not going to sit around and wait. And I'm not, I'm not going to sit around and wait anymore for, for a top guy to fight me. I mean, I, I want to get paid. I'm 30 years old. I want to fight as much as I can. And like you said, if I keep winning, eventually they're going to rank me with without beating a ranked guy, they're going to have to rank me. And that's pretty much what they did earlier this year. They, they ranked me number 15 in the world, and then Anthony Pettis turned around and won. And they, then they uh, then they ended up bumping me off, putting him at 13, and then Justin Gaethje got the, the spot to move in. So then they literally ranked me at number 15 in the world for like one week. It was fucking <laughs> annoying. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I agree with you. It sucks to see all of this stuff happening. And, you know, to, to, to stay with Kevin Lee there for a moment, do you think he has a shot against Tony? Who are you picking in that fight? I mean, yeah, he has a good chance to win. I, I mean, honestly, I'm not I'm not sold on Tony Ferguson either. But um, uh, I mean, I will. You do got to respect Tony for the like he like he says he's fought all the tough people coming up. He has, you know. Um, uh, I think that um, Kevin Lee's a way better wrestler than him, and Kevin Lee's real better to put him on his back. And it just depends on what Tony Ferguson you see as far as, I mean, I remember the Tony Ferguson guy held down by, for three rounds by Danny Castillo. I remember that fight. And um, I remember, um, you know, him. Uh, I also remember Kevin Lee fighting Efren Escudero. And Kevin Lee, he goes around telling everyone how he's a five-round fighter and his cardio is so good, this and that. And he looked like shit when he, he gassed out after fighting Efren Escudero. So um, it depends on which guy shows up, you know. I, mean, I, I would say that that fight is, is pretty pretty even. Yeah, I, but to your point, man, I mean, a guy like that jumping the ranks, fighting uh, arguably the number one guy for an interim title doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense to me. But, you know, when you look at the division, there's really only Tony and Khabib that are that are clear contenders for the strap. And I feel like the division is, is kind of open for a guy like yourself to put together a few big wins and uh, be competing for that belt before the end of next year. Uh, aside from all the politics of the rankings and stuff like that, I, would you agree? Yeah, that's um that's totally my goal. Um, uh, is to be a world champion by the end of next year. Uh, 
And if I got the opportunity, I, I, I would do that before then. I mean, I would, in my mind, I would whip Tony Ferguson and Kevin Lee's, Kevin Lee's ass both right now. I would, if they gave me that fight, I would, I would win that fight over either one of those guys. And um, uh, so it's just about the time, timing. Uh, like you know, for timing is everything. And Kevin Lee, you know, he's he just got. He, he, he timed it perfect. You know, he, he had a big win, and then all the other guys are either injured or booked. And um, he got to step in there, and, you know, I guess, you know, props to him for getting to step in there and, and fight for that title. Um, yeah, I, I just I signed a, a few months ago, I signed a, four, a new four fight deal with the UFC. So my goal is that I, I want to fight. I wanted two more. I wanted four fights total this year, so I wanted two more this year. That's not going to happen because they couldn't get no one to fight me. So, uh, um, now here we are. I'm gonna I'm gonna fight November, and I want to turn around and fight again probably February, March, whenever. And then I may have to take a little bit of time off because I have a baby that's gonna be due. My baby's gonna be due in April, and then maybe I'll take a little bit of time off. But I but I, I want all four of my fights on this contract to be done by by the end of next year. And then I'm gonna you know hopefully get to fight for a world title coming into negotiations. Yeah, going to negotiations with a lot of leverage, man. But you talked about having a kid there. Congratulations, first of all. And uh, secondly, man, you hear a lot of guys talk about once they have a baby, it changes everything for them in regards to what they fight for. I mean, I know it's the, the due date is, is still a ways away here, but are you starting to feel that way already? I mean, are things start slowly starting to, you know, your mindset starting to shift to you're going to be fighting for, for someone else now? Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm just really self-motivated when it comes to my fighting career. But, I mean, obviously I think about now that I'm having a baby on the way, the financial side of it for sure, that, that I need these wins and I need this I need this show money, not just – I mean, I need this win money, not just the, sh- the show money. You know, I need I need to make sure I win and, and I need, you know, to – to um for the for the baby, for my girl, the, you know, where the family we're starting, you know, I, I definitely need to be financially set. So yeah, I think about it from that perspective. But besides that, you know, it's just I'm I'm self motivated. My goal ever since the very first day I ever walked in any gym, my goal is to be a world champion. And, you know, I really don't feel like I'm that far off. I just need the opportunity to fight somebody. I agree. I agree. Uh, but I, I, it's probably too early to to know the know the sex of the baby. But what are you hoping for, a, a boy or a girl? <laughs> James Jr. I'm gonna name James Jr. <laughs> All right, the mini executioner. I like it. <laughs> All right, man. Listen, just a couple more questions here for you. Um, are you planning to have any friends or family travel out to MSG to to see you compete? Uh, well, my girl's coming out, and then a couple other friends. So yeah, I should have three, uh, like four people coming out, and then my uh, I try do my training camps here by Washington D.C. and uh. Team Lloyd Irvin, so I should have quite a few. It's only like a five-hour drive and then a really short plane ride, so I should have several of my teammates from my training camp all coming out there. And, and oh, very good. I I hope I hope so for just for the simple fact that that you know I know you're you're downplaying the 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 event a little bit in regards to motivation for yourself, but man, ha- having this fight go down in such a legendary arena, um, you know, I hope you have a great performance and everybody, all your loved ones, get to see that see that unfold uh but for all the fans out there that don't realize that this fight could steal the show and it is the headliner of fox sports one why should everybody make sure that they do not miss this fight um just i think that we're both um uh very up-and-coming guys that could potentially beat the majority of uh, tons of people in the in the top 10 right now you know we're skill level we're both ready to go and um it's we're both strikers 
he's a boxer, I'm a boxer, and it's going to be a, a stand-up fight pretty much. Um, I think that's why they asked for the fight with me, because they know I'll stand with them, and that's not a problem, I will. So um, uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but y'all, y'all should definitely tune in, because it's going to be a striking battle, and, and I'll turn on knocking the guy out, and we, we ain't going to the decision. <laughs> I have no doubt, my man. And in conclusion, uh, what's your official prediction for the fight, and you got any words for Duffy? Um, I'm, you know, I think I'm going to finish him with the two rounds, and um, I mean, just train. I don't really have anything to say to him. I don't. It's not personal. It's just business. But um, I mean, they. I know they asked for the fight, so because uh, you know he thinks that he's a better boxer than me, so that's that's fine. I'll stand with you. It's not a problem. All right, man. Listen, we're looking forward to the fight. I certainly hope that uh, the performance is great, and you finally get to capitalize on on this momentum, and and the promotion gives you that push that that you are truly deserved. Um, certainly looking forward to it. Hopefully we can catch up uh, maybe when the fight draws near. But always appreciate the time, James. Any shout-outs you'd like to get in before we let you go? Uh, no, I'm uh, just uh, thanks to all my teammates, my friends, my family, my uh, KO reps management, and just everyone follow me on social media, James Vic MMA on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, James Vic MMA. All right, James. As I said, man, looking forward to the fight and uh, all that the future has in store for you, my man. Uh, hopefully 2018 is a great year for you and there's a title on the horizon, and uh, hopefully we'll catch up soon. Yes, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, no problem, bud. You have a good day. All right, Penn Nation, there you have it. James, the executioner, Vic. A man motivated and on a, on a mission here. And it seems like maybe with due time and a, a few few more good performances, he'll be able to capitalize on his record and the momentum he has going forward and get that top 15 opponent that will uh, further his career towards the title as he's been on the march here for uh, pretty much his whole career, as you heard him say. You know, it was the first day he walked into a gym, he had plans on being a champion. And UFC 217 going down to Madison Square Garden against an opponent like Joe Duffy. That's another op- another opportunity for him to uh, prove his worth to the company and hopefully get that big push that you heard us talking about there. Um, so big thank you to both our guests, Dwayne Bang Ludwig, James the Executioner Vic. Another good show. Uh, make sure you guys tune in each and every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. We bring the best possible guests that we can to you guys each and every week with the best possible interviews. As I tell you all the time, beginning of the show, end of the show, bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. Breaking, if it's viral, if it's something you need to know in regards to the sport that we love of MMA, make sure you bookmark us, bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. We've got you covered. On behalf of the whole squad, all of Team Penn, Big mahalo to you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you guys tune in next week. We'll have another great show. And uh, on behalf of our guests and the whole squad, peace out, everybody.
Kone ana koreo e uerie I kahi manu noho ai kai Ki ai makala e oke kaha Oia kai palana mali Uririe ahana Spring into action at the 75th Anniversary Seattle Home Show, presented by Kitchen Plus and LP. Spring is the time to renew and renovate. See tiny homes and the dramatic outdoor living by night exhibit. Get kitchen and bath remodeling ideas and feed live butterflies. Purchase e-tickets at seattlehomeshow.com and get $5 parking. The Seattle Home Show, February 23rd through March 3rd at Century Lakefield Event Center. Sponsored by the Seattle Times and Master Builders Association. Spring into action at the 75th Anniversary Seattle Home Show, presented by Kitchen Plus and LP. Spring is the time to renew and renovate. See tiny homes and the dramatic outdoor living by night exhibit. Get kitchen and bath remodeling ideas and feed live butterflies. Purchase e-tickets at seattlehomeshow.com and get $5 parking. The Seattle Home Show, February 23rd through March 3rd at Century Lakefield Event Center. Sponsored by the Seattle Times and Master Builders Association.